It's time for Game On Hockey with Travis Dunn and Scott Taylor on the Mighty 790 and 104.7 KFGO. Near side, Reese Gaber shoots, scores! Talking all things from the blue line to the red line. A breakaway for Kaprizov. He's in. He shoots, he scores! And beyond. Sure, old-time hockey. Like it is sure. Yeah. yeah. Now here are your hosts, Travis Dunn and Scott Taylor. From the... Nillis Law Firm Studio on the KFGO campus on a beautiful Thursday night. We hope you're enjoying yourself. We hope you're getting wherever you are going safely. Slow down. Take it easy. A little bit of slick conditions out there. Uh, what? Winter's been here for seven days and we're already kind of, uh, well, a little tired of the snow and a little bit of uh, no sunshine. So we'll be hopefully get that one of these days. But you are, we are indeed from the Nillis Law Firm Studios. I'm Travis Dunn along with co-host Scott Taylor. Uh, we appreciate you joining us each and every Thursday evening. Make sure to stay tuned after as the Tennessee Titans take on the Green Bay Packers from lovely Lambeau Field, where I'm sure it's a little brisk. But with that, we do thank our sponsors. Nellis Law Firm, the Golf Center in Grand Forks, Ralph Engelstead Arena, the Sioux Shop in Ralph Engelstead Arena, Dave Noah, Remax Legacy Realty, Jarrell's Hockey World, and the Pilot Mount Hockey Academy. We appreciate their support, and that's how we do this show each and every week. We certainly appreciate them uh, giving us the opportunity. Uh, it's like the guy, like your dad giving you the keys to the fancy car. This this car's got a little bit of power, and it's a mighty 790 KFGO. The text club number is 35270. Twitter, at TravisGDunn1 and S. Taylor and at S. Taylor Sports. Um, and uh, a couple of things. Uh, this weekend in Grand Forks, a, a big event, obviously, the 1982 national championship team at the University of North Dakota is being honored on Saturday evening. Uh, many of them are in town already. Uh, Darren Jensen, Dean Decision, names that you know from the past, David Tippett will be there. Uh, Ed Belfort will be there. He's not an 82 guy, but he's doing one last shift, which will be tomorrow evening at the Ralph Engelstead Arena. Uh, and uh, Eddie played a little hockey game in Grand Forks last night uh, with his buddies, a little pickup in their uh, in their league game. And the uh, guys who played in that were Steve Johnson, and down the line they went. So uh, it's uh, a lot of things going on this weekend at the Ralph Engelstead Arena. So please make sure to look up uh, the things online where you can participate and where you can see these players before and after, and they'll be happy to sign autographs, or if you just want to bend their ear, they will very much be ready to do so as well. They appreciate you, uh, you know, all these years later, but we are from the Nillis Law Firm Studio. Uh, the Nillis Law Firm provides legal services in more than 10 areas of practice, including business and corporate law, estate planning, wills and trusts, probate, commercial litigation, adoption services, as well as real estate. A division of Nillis Law Firm is Northern Title, which provides complete closing and escrow services along with title insurance policies for all types of real estate transactions in North Dakota, as well as Minnesota. Call Nillis Law Firm at 701-237-5544 or look them up on the World Wide Web at nillislaw.com. And with that, we're trying to uh, get some audio stuff straightened out with our good friend Scott. So what we should probably do, Polly, we'll take a quick break, three minutes, and uh, get some of those breaks done early so we can talk more hockey. Uh, our guests include the play-by-play voice of the Ottawa Senators of the National Hockey League, a little, uh, da- a little Sanderson conversation, Pinto, Jacob Bernard Docker, a team that's not doing great on the scoreboard, but they're doing great as they build towards winning that Stanley Cup uh, in the next few years. So with that, we'll take a quick break. You're listening to Game on Hockey on the Mighty 790 KFJO and 104.7 FM. 
we wish it was a beautiful night in Fargo, North Dakota, wherever you are listening, uh, in the three-state, four-state, whatever this mighty signal goes to, as well as southern Manitoba. We do appreciate you listening each and every Thursday evening. A new computer system here at the Mighty 790 KFJO. So we have a few bugs going through. We're working that out. And uh, with that, though, we do have Scott on audio, at least. And uh, hey, Scott, uh, down with a little bit of a cold, we'll fight through it. Tonight, uh, if I if I had been a little bit better, I probably would have gone to the Jets Anaheim game tonight. But you know, you don't want to be that guy, the guy who walks through the press box hacking and coughing. It's not COVID, but it still could probably be caught by the play by play announcers of the Winnipeg Jets, and they would never forgive me. And I don't need that, so I'm going to pass on going to the game tonight. Um, simply because I don't want to be that guy. Yeah, you know, I completely understand. You know, any 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 time now when you're with in any environment where someone coughs or you cough, it's amazing. Oh. The, it's amazing the guilt you feel, isn't it? Well, it's not only that. I I had it on the plane last night. Oh, we wore our masks all the way through, right from Orlando, right back to Winnipeg, and uh, it's amazing. I never, I, we never even got a, a an odd look from people. There were a lot of seniors wearing masks. Okay. So it, it wasn't like that was difficult, but every time I coughed on the plane, and I did cough more than once, um, it, it was, there's a certain fear that goes through you, like these people are going to think that I'm <laughs> yeah. going to give them disease, <laughs> yeah. and and that's not, that's why I'm wearing the mask, so yeah. you don't get it. Exactly. Um, but but I've, I've, been on, I've been hammered by this for more than a week, and when I got COVID um, after my four shots, it was like the sniffles for a day, right? right. It wasn't. It didn't bother me at all. This is just a flat-out head cold, uh, and it's not pleasant. Oh well, that's uh, well. We'll hope you. We'll work our way through it. We do appreciate you still joining us on a, a beautiful day. And too bad you couldn't be at the at the Canada Life Center watching uh, the Winnipeg Jets tonight. But uh, you can add your flavor. Well, you know, a couple of quick questions. I I wrote down a couple of things I wanted to talk about. We, you know, the, the influx of the European influence on on the NHL over the years. Uh, and we talked about uh, Bjorio, uh, you know, all the great players. But I overlooked one, probably the greatest and the saddest story, however, we've seen lately on social media, Borea Salming. What a horrible, horrible thing he's going through. Many have. Uh, but uh, we, we're you know, just a sad story, right? Well, it, it's ALS. It's just yeah. the most horrible thing. Um, I've been working with the ALS Society up here for a lot of years through the Winnipeg Gold Eyes, and every year I do the Luke Gehrig speech at the Gold Eyes games. And and it really pounds on you for, for a lot of reasons. And, and you notice the story of Stephen Hawking is one of the – world-known, one of the great scientists on the planet, one of the most brilliant minds, and he has been alive with ALS for 35, 40 years now. And as the people from the ALS Society tell me, you can live as long as you have the money to live. But it's it's just a terrible, debilitating disease that beats the human body and it's just it's just the most awful thing ever. And as soon as I read that Borea Salming had it, I was actually sick to my stomach because I know what these people have gone through. I've met them. I've met them at games. We know Chris Snow's going through it in Calgary now. It's it's just a very, very terrible, terrible thing. And and, and all our best to Borea Salming, but nobody has found a cure for it. Yeah, it's, it's, it is indeed one of the saddest things. Hey, Scott, you can now get back into Zoom and come back in. You can hang up on the phone part of the equation. Uh, we've got that thing figured out, and uh, I'll carry on the conversation with uh, Gordy Tullison until you get on board, okay? Okay, sounds great. All right.
And with that, we open the gate and we uh, we let our good friend Gord Tumbleson in. Uh, you know, it, it's hockey season, Gord. I mean, it sure it sure feels like it right now, doesn't it? It's hockey season, uh, at least north of the border. I can assure you of that. Yeah, it's been snowing <laughs> down here now for six days straight, and it seems. Uh, you, oh my gosh! We'd, oh. we'd love it as kids ball hockey on the street. Uh, I know the one thing we yeah. need to talk about though uh, the recruiting time of the year for uh, for you at Pilot Mountain. And one thing we need to explain. Uh, you know, there may be coaches out there going, you know what, Pilot Mountain's going to come in and take all my grade A players. They're going to take the players that you know are going. I'm relying on for my team to be successful this year. Let's talk about that very issue, Gord. Well, um, first of all, we don't want to steal players or take players away that don't want to go somewhere else or don't have a reason to go somewhere else. Uh, you know, a lot of kids, um, you know, have two practices. They're great players, but they have two practices a week and play two games and, and that's it. Um, and, uh, and so uh, the offer of academy hockey is, you know, six practices a week or two games and, and four practices, some uh, certainly some recruitment opportunities that go far beyond just games. Uh, we were uh, just down in um, Dallas, Texas, uh, we had two of our teams down there and um, our U18 boys and our U17 boys teams. And, uh, you know, there's that's part of recruitment. We, we're looking for players always, but people are looking at our kids too, all over the United States and Canada. And uh, to be live in Dallas and, and to be playing games and, and those kinds of things, that's really important to to the players who are spending a lot of money on uh, on uh, you know getting noticed. I guess is one thing, and getting better as part of their development program. Yeah, and that's exactly right. So to explain, you know, you, you also could be a periphery player that may not be getting a ton of ice time. But you need to work on those basic skills, and that's what the Pilot Mount Academy allows you to do. Yeah, we've taken a lot of kids who come to us who who are not AAA players when they get to us, but if they put their minds to it and they put the effort in and, and do all the things we ask them to do, uh, they're going to get there. They can get there if they want to. You know, it's the dream. If you want the dream, go for it. Uh, I know Michael Jordan got cut at midget or or varsity basketball. And his mom just told him, get better. Right. <laughs> Show up and get better. Yeah, exactly right. And you know what? <laughs> I, I, I'll go back to that. I mean, I was cut when I was 14, 16, 18, uh, UND twice, so five times between age 14 and 20 uh, before I finally made it and then able to move on from there. So you're right. Some The late bloomer circumstance is part of the equation as well, isn't it? Sure. Well, Patrice Bergeron got cut at midget hockey from AAA. Yeah, good point. <laughs> Two years later, he's playing. Ju- he's playing junior hockey, and he's a hero and a star, and a spokesman for the Boston Bruins, and you know all that good stuff. So I'm, you know, wow, what a what a neat deal that is. So kids, if you've got a, if you want something bad enough, that there's places to play and and people who will help you get there. We're part of that scheme. Uh, we'd love to talk to you about it uh, at PilotMountainHockeyAcademy.com. Yeah, exactly. And I was just going to ask how they get in touch with you. And you're the goaltending coach instructor as well. Your background, WHA goaltender. You spend an awful lot of time with these young men and women who play it, uh, working on the uh, skill of being a goaltender. It, it takes an awful lot, doesn't it? My Lord, it's, uh, it, it, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a neat position to be in. It's, 
No, it's not the hardest position, I don't think, in the world, but it's the most important one, yeah. certainly in hockey. Uh, you know, the pressure and the keeping the puck out and, and doing it right and, and, and getting it right and getting a little puck luck and getting all that stuff and handling the pressure and the, the emotion and the mental strain and all of those things. Uh, it's it's a 24-7 job for me to kind of work with the eight goalies that we have, and it's, it, but it's lots of fun and wouldn't do anything else. And it's obviously your passion. That's Gordy Tumelson, Pilot Mount Hockey Academy. Thanks for joining us on this blustery Thursday night, Gord. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, thanks, you guys. You got it. That's, thanks, Gord. That's Gordy Tumelson, Pilot Mound Hockey Academy, pilotmound.com if you want to get in touch. Uh, great opportunities, whether you're in Montana, North Dakota, northern Minnesota, or anywhere in Minnesota for that matter, or, of course, in southern Manitoba where the signal reaches from the mighty 790 KFGO. We'll take a break. When we come back, the play-by-play voice of the Ottawa Senators of the National Hockey League joins us uh, talking a little, well, little Jake Sanderson, a little, well, Pinto, a little uh, Bernard Docker. we got a lot of things going on. Of course, as always, that University of North Dakota connection with that as well. We'll take a quick break. You're listening to Game on Hockey. Scott Taylor, Travis Dunn, around the corner, Dean Brown, on a beautiful Thursday night in Fargo, North Dakota, on the Mighty 790 KFGO. 104.7 KFGO-FM Hope. And on the triple towers of power, the mighty 790 KFGO Fargo. Yeah, I really can't go for that. Can't go for more snow, but it's going to come regardless. So just sit back and enjoy it. Be careful out there. The roads are slick. A lot of cars uh, slipping and sliding. So uh, please take it carefully. Next week is Thanksgiving week. Hopefully the roads will improve that much more and we'll get on the highway and Go eat a lot of turkey and all those fun things that come with it. And we can turn on our Christmas lights uh, uh, with that. But this segment brought to you by Jarrell's Hockey World in Grand Forks in business for over 50 years. And the 2021 U.S. Bauer Retailer of the Year. Right here in our backyard, you have the access to experts who will outfit you and what you need to succeed on the ice because hockey is what they do. Bauer Game Fit Dealer allows them to scan your head, feet, and shooting style to ensure the best performance. Wherever you are hearing this message, Jarrell's has a good stock of CCM, Warrior Sticks, Bags and Equipment, True Skates and Sticks, which are made in Winnipeg. And now they've added a line of goalie equipment and sticks as well. Windmill, off-ice training items, this, uh, a great selection of Vaughn goalie gear. And if you are a referee or figure skater, they have gear for that as well. Jarrell's Hockey World has it all and a great service department to make sure things are tuned up and ready to go. A 50-year reputation of dependability. Jarrell's gets it done. Jarrell's Hockey World, 1004 South Washington Street, Grand Forks. 701-775-0053 at Jarrell's Hockey on Twitter, which I'm not sure Twitter's becoming that important anymore. But anyway, we're going to open the gate up here and uh, introduce to you a friend of Scott, and uh, and I've had him on my uh, Around the Ring show on Saturday morning, uh, Dean Brown, the uh, play-by-play guy. I'll call him the play-by-play guy for the Ottawa Centers of the National Hockey League. Welcome to Game On with Scott Taylor and Travis Dunn. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Fire away, Scott. Um, Dean and I talked at the break a little bit. Um, he, he sounds like a man who does the play by play, excuse me, a play by play for a team that's exactly the same as the team we had in Winnipeg last year. Um, good players got a chance to go someplace, but they make unforced errors. They shoot themselves in the foot and lose games. They shouldn't, um, tell us about the way the Ottawa senators have gone this year. Um, they're in last place, which doesn't mean much after 16 games, but this is a team that certainly believes in itself, but still needs to get better. Yeah. There's, there's no question guys that, uh, this team with the additions they made up front in the off season, they are a better offensive team, uh, despite the fact it's a team that's in the bottom third of the league right now. Um, they're a team that's also top 10 in the league in offense. 
their issues uh, have been and continue to be uh, defensive ones. And you're right, Scott, you know, when this team uh, has struggled and lost, uh, all the wounds are self-inflicted. They have not been outclassed in any of the games they played in. Uh, they have competed very well. Uh, they score goals. Uh, but right now with a still what is a young team coming out of a rebuild, uh, they're at that stage where the little details that good teams take care of, they still struggle with. And that's how they lose games right now. So, you know, that's a that's a hurdle that they have to get over. And, uh, you know, any any team coming out of a rebuild, that's one of the steps you have to take if you have a team that's filled with a lot of really young players, which is what they have. So they had expectations for a better start than they've had, uh, for sure. But also they, they didn't have the expectation that they would lose their number one center, their number one defenseman, and their number two defenseman all at the same time this early on. And in a cap league, it's, there's no team that can really be as effective without those players. So they've had some bad luck, but even when they've played well, they've lost games they probably should have won, but only because they shot themselves in the foot. Part of that young rebuild is, is almost making the University of North Dakota Fighting Hawks the farm team of the Ottawa Senators. Um, you have two outstanding players in the Hawks and one who's getting better. Um, tell us about the, the trio from North Dakota um, Pinto, Bernard Docker, and Sanderson. Well, I'll start with Sanderson first. Uh, I've been doing this for 30 years. Well, I've been doing hockey, I've been broadcasting longer than 30 years. So um, I've been doing this for 30 years, and this franchise has had some great young defensemen um, join this team as rookies. Guys like Wade Redden, uh, guys like Eric Carlson, guys like Thomas Shabbat. Uh, none of them have been this good this early, ever. None of them. Um, Sanderson is right now with Shibato, this team's number one defenseman. And if you came to a game and watched the game, you would have a hard time figuring out who's the guy who's only played 16 NHL games and is dominating the game. Last night in the game against Buffalo, which Ottawa won four to one, he was the best player in the game, both teams combined. Um, his poise, his athletic ability, his skating ability, um, he has come exactly as advertised and to be honest, is better than I thought. As an old guy, I'm sometimes a bit jaded and I'm kind of, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, let's, you know, I've seen a lot of kids come in. Let's see, you know, Eric Carlson, uh, you know, he played in the, he had to go to the minors. He played in the minors, you know. Wade Redden was not an all-star when he stepped on the ice. You know, Thomas Shabbat has been a very good player, but he was insulated when he started. Uh, but he is full value. Sanderson is an outstanding, outstanding player right now and would be a top four defenseman on any team in this league. No question about it whatsoever. So he is both surprising in a very good way. And uh, to be honest with you, it blows me away who, what he's able to do. Now, you know, the other thing that we have to see now um, is the time, uh, because he is going to this year play more games than he has ever played in his life. That's part of the nature of coming out of college and going into pro hockey. You will play more games this year than you have ever played in your entire life at the highest level there is in the world. So. You know, physically, you know, what happens to you? Mentally, what happens to you? Can you keep that resolve? Can you keep that edge? We all have to find out. But in the early going, he has been absolutely stellar. Um, JBD, uh, it's been a longer path, didn't come as heralded. And he got called up this year. And in the limit num lim limited number of games that, uh, that he has played so far this year, he's only gotten into five. He's been very good in that he hasn't been a guy where he's, you point him on and you go, there's a guy who's struggling or there's a guy who made a big mistake. So for, an, again, a, another young defenseman, maybe not with the same kind of resume that Sanderson has. If you're a young defenseman trying to make it in the NHL, for most guys, Sanderson excluded, but for most guys, 
Um, it's the mistakes you don't make are the, are the things that keep you in the NHL, not the great plays. You know, there's not many young defensemen that are making many end-to-end -end rushes and being the first star getting five points in a game. That just doesn't happen very often. So uh, to stay in the NHL, you have to be good defensively and you have to be a guy that no one notices. And in five games, JBD has been that. Uh, Pinto has been up and down. He has been spectacular with the puck. He has been one of the best rookies in the league. He has been the rookie of the month in this league. Uh, his goal scoring, his release has been well noted. When we were in Tampa, uh, the people in Tampa, you know, uh, compared his release to that of Kucherov, which I'm not sure you're going to get higher praise anywhere in, in that particular skill. And it was great when he was named the player of the month. Uh, his father and his grandfather were actually down in Tampa visiting the day that was announced. So that was a, a great personal moment for him. And, uh, you know, on, on a, another non-aligned or non-important um, uh, topic as it relates to, to Pinto, uh, being a 60-year-old heterosexual male, uh, this was not something that dawned on me, but I've been told he's got smoldering hot blue eyes. So that doesn't relate to his hockey in any way, but I've been told he's got the smoldering hot blue eyes. So for whatever that's worth, he's got that too. Oh, probably a lot of girls on the campus of the University of North Dakota probably could yeah. share that information before I got there, by the way, you're listening. Yeah, it's not new to them. It's not, it's new, not to new to them. them. This, is, <laughs> this is a hockey show. This is called Game On Hockey every Thursday evening on the Mighty 790 KFJO and 104.7 FM. Yeah, some of the topics we get into are rather interesting ones. They're always interesting with great hockey uh, conversations each week. Scott Taylor is my partner in this circumstance as well. But, you know, one thing, uh, we, we do this show on Zoom, and I see a picture behind you. The voice you're hearing, by the way, is Dean Brown, play-by-play -play voice of the Ottawa Centers of the National Hockey League. The skate behind you, the CCM tax with the number four, defense. Yep. The importance of good defensemen and good now in this National Hockey, hockey League, offensive defensemen in this league, is more important than ever, and I anticipate it's going to continue on the same path. Thoughts? Yeah, nothing, nothing's going to change there, Travis. There's no question about that. The, the, the biggest question, though, is there's a lot of great young offensive players who are coming into the league, all the Hugheses. I think there's, what, 27 Hughes brothers or <laughs> yeah, whatever the number is. In there, yeah. it's just Once one gets drafted, they just line up the next one. They just keep coming in. So there's, there's lots of, of great young offensive defensemen coming in. Um, the problem or the reality that you have to face in the NHL now in developing your players and, and being in a position to be able to live with the realities of what the game is now is that in the change in the game, there's a place for those players now where maybe there wasn't before, but there's also a need for more depth at the position for every franchise because you don't have to use any analytics or any really complicated metrics. You just count injured players. Defensemen now in this league get injured more than any other position in the league because you can't hold up. You know, defensemen can't protect each other the way they used to. And teams go through a lot of defensemen. So you're now in a situation in this league where it's not do you have a good top six or do you have a good eight guys so you got two spares. Most teams now over the course of a season will have to have within their organization 10 to 12 NHL ready, NHL capable defensemen. Now that doesn't mean it's a guy that's going to be able to play 82 games for you, but your guys in the minors have to be close enough to the NHL caliber that they can play games for you because every franchise will need them and will use them. So. The thing in this league now is it's not that you just need one or two good offensive players. You probably need four or five, and you need other guys as well. And so the problem now is it's it's not just being able to have that solid six with two guys who can fill in. you got to have 12. And so that has really made that position and the development of that position maybe the most important uh, in hockey because – to be frank, if you look at if you look at the National Hockey League and you look at the 
the makeup. The National Hockey League relies for stocking positions, relies mostly on Europe to stock goaltenders. Like you just start looking through the, the list of where everyone's from. There's more non-North American, in my case, non-Canadian uh, goaltenders in the league than there are Canadians and, and Americans in the league. You know, here here in Ottawa, you know, you've got uh, one of the guys is Swedish. A couple of weeks ago, they're both Swedes. You know, uh, if you look at uh, Buffalo last night, they got an American, but they, uh, you know, have... Uh, another kid that's, uh, you know, also an American, and that's rare now in the league to have two North American goaltenders on the same team. That, that, that team, that doesn't happen very often. So it's it's not just that, uh, you know, there's an influx now of, of smaller, more offensive players because you could, those kind of guys can thrive in this game. But it's the problem is not whether you have them. It's when you lose them, which now is almost inevitable. Can you replace them? And that's the bigger challenge in the National Hockey League. <clears throat> Talk about the injuries to your defense and how much it has hurt the Senators this season. You've lost number one and number two. Do the Senators have the players in Belleville that can come in and get that job done? You know what, uh, Scott? No, because the caliber, <clears throat> the caliber of, of the players that they've lost, no, you can't. Sanderson right now is replacing Shabbat, and he's doing a great job doing that. Um, but you have guys who come and play, and you know they they come up, but you know, in anything, uh, the guys who are number one are number one for a reason. And in this league, nobody has a number one and another number one. You know, like, so you do the best you can. And for Ottawa, you know, a, a younger team um, and, you know, still building its depth as an organization, what you hope to do is just tread water until you get your guys back. You know, next week, there's a possibility that Shabbat and Zub may both be back, which uh, would be very good for this team. But Ottawa's like a lot of teams, you know, you have to tread water until you get a position to get your guys back. And in the case of Norris, who's going to be out almost all the season at center, uh, you have to find a new reality because you can't replace number one. So it becomes more of a committee assignment. There you go. Yeah, well, that's Dean Brown. He's the play-by-play voice of the Ottawa Senators. He's, he's going to continue on this conversation after we take a quick break. Uh, but just to give you an update on this weekend's activities at the Ralph Engelstead Arena in Grand Forks, North Dakota, where Tyler Cleven who is whose rights are owned by the Ottawa Senators. We'll share some information with uh, Dean about that young man after the break. But uh, the, the University of North Dakota Fighting Hawks take on the University of Miami of Ohio. Uh, Friday is Ed Belfour, one more shift. So the Hockey Hall of Famer is in town and uh, doing a little Belfour spirit signing in Grand Forks tomorrow night. Actually, tonight, right now. This is Thursday, so he's at the Ralph right now doing some things. And uh, tomorrow night, the one more shift. Saturday night, the 1982 National Championship team 40-year anniversary. Dave Tippett is one of the guys who will be there. Dean Decision, Darren Jensen, who 37 years ago played his first NHL game for the Philadelphia Flyers when Pelly Lindbergh was uh, killed in that tragic accident. So uh, lots going on at the Ralph Engelstead Arena this weekend. And, uh, of course, you have to get your gear at the Sioux Shop. Uh, you can get all your Hockey Hall of Fame gear, your football, basketball, volleyball, soccer T-shirts, jerseys, quarter zips, hoodies, and more. Shop online at the Sioux Shop at, uh, at SiouxShop.com or in the Ralph Engelstead Arena. We'll take a break. More Dean Brown, more Scott Taylor, more Travis Dunn. Hey, I've got a game tomorrow night to do with Tim Hennessy at the Ralph as well. Hope the weather gets better for that. I hope wherever you're going, you're getting there safely. You're listening to Around the Rink. Pardon me, that's Saturday morning. Game on Hockey on the Mighty 790 KFGO on 104.7 FM. A little Florida. Is that how you pronounce that? Florida. Florida. Yeah, Florida. Yes. We all wish we might be heading to Florida soon. And I know there's a hockey team from Ottawa that's going to be heading out to the West Coast soon. 
I'm sure there's a uh, <laughs> Dean Brown will be clapping about that. But the play-by-play voice of the uh, Ottawa Senators is joining us. Dean Brown with Scott Taylor, Travis Dunn. This is uh, the Mighty 790 KF Joe, and this is Game on Hockey each and every Thursday evening. Remember to stay tuned. Tennessee at Green Bay in the Mighty NFL after this. And then tomorrow night, 6.30, Tim Hennessy with the pregame show. Miami at the University of North Dakota Hockey. And he and I do the play-by-play call on Friday evening. And then 6 o'clock, puck drop, so 5.30 pregame show on KFGO on Saturday evening for that. But with that, we carry on the conversation. And in the break, we were talking with Dean about the new rules in place for warmups, things that have changed uh, over the course of time. Now helmets are required for certain players in warmups. Explain that, please. Yeah, apparently uh, one of the things that came out of the Board of Governors meetings that I didn't know about, uh, I guess uh, tonight on TSN's Insider Trading, they were talking about it, um, that there's there's going to be a, uh, I guess the the thoughts are unanimous, and I can understand why for safety reasons, uh, players will be required to wear their helmets during the warm-up. Now it's just, you know, whether they want to or not. And it's going to be like when, you know, when helmets became mandatory, uh, There's it's going to be grandfathered. So I think the number is if you were into the league before the 1920, 19, uh, 2019-20 season, you can continue to not wear a helmet if you choose to. But if you come, if you came in after that, uh, you don't have a choice. So uh, it's like players who came in before that certain date didn't have to wear a visor if they didn't want to, but everybody afterwards has to. So uh, it's it's basically grandfathered in. But any any put it this way, any new players now will not have a chance. Must wear a visor and must have your helmet on in the warm up. Now explain to to people who who don't understand why a young kid would want to go into the warm up without a helmet on, with pucks flying everywhere, shots on goal that miss the net and and as we talked about in the break, guys have been hit in the head lots of times before during warmups. Why don't they want to wear a helmet in the warmups? Well, there's there's three big reasons. Uh, number one, uh, the trading card companies like to get pictures of those rookie cards, especially with the guy on the ice. And it's you know you can't you can't stage it. He's either on the ice, or, but they like to get that shot where everybody can see his full face, his hair, his head, and you know how he actually looks you know, with, with no helmet on makes for a great card, especially for the rookie card and uh, to have that first one where you see them. Number one, number two, hockey moms. Lots of moms have told me for that first game, don't, I want to get some pictures. We're going to send them to aunt Stella. And like, <laughs> if you have the helmet on, she's not going to write, you know, so, so you do get that. A lot of the hockey moms don't want the helmet on for that, that first game after that, they want you to wear it for that first game. And, and number three, and I, I think people can uh, understand this, you know, um, a lot of them are, are young, uh, attractive, professional athletes, and um, there's there's people who uh, might be attracted to them and they to the other at the games, and so you might want uh, people to see exactly how lovely you are. And uh, uh, we were all lovely at one point in our lives, so I think we can all understand that. I think sometimes we forget that they are, especially when they're rookies, they are teenagers oftentimes, so they have those same drive urges and self awareness stuff that we had when we were that age, except we weren't good athletes. So uh, those are the three biggest reasons. Uh, the big reason for putting them on, obviously, is the simplest one. It is far safer. It is crazy not to wear a helmet at any time. But if there's three reasons why players might not want to for the warm-up, those would be the big three. For those people who don't know, tell tell the Dean Brown story. It, it, talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and your origin story. How does Dean Brown come from the West to to Ottawa to be the voice of the Senators? Well, Scotty, for me, um, I'm I am the luckiest guy I know. I have never uh, applied for a job in this business. All the jobs I've had, um, 
were offered to me, including the first one. When I was, uh, I grew up in Manitoba. I grew up in a little farming town just outside of Winnipeg, Warren, Manitoba, and played everything, played hockey, played, you know. Um, at the time I was playing football and I played junior football and I got interviewed by um, a guy from the station in Winnipeg, CFRW. And after he interviewed me, he said, you ever think about going into radio? I said, no, I'm thinking about being a professional football player. Uh, <laughs> come on, uh, you know. So when that didn't happen, um, I saw him again. He gave me his card and said, give me a call. So I went in and basically, Brian Stone, the news director, was there. And they gave me some BN Wire copy to read. I went in the studio, read it, and they offered me a job. I had no job. I planned on going to university. But I thought, well, this, is, this could be a good summer job. So I'll do this. And I was there. And I did overnight news. I was not in sports. I was reading overnight news. And I was only there for two and a half months. And I got offered a job in London, Ontario, for twice the money. So I went, well, I'll keep doing this for a while. While I was in London, I was doing news. The uh, The guy who was doing sports uh, went on a six-month sabbatical to find himself. Apparently, he did and didn't want to come back. So I was the guy who knew the most about sports. And so they said, you want to do the sports? And I said, yeah, sure. So then, uh, you know, uh, two, two and a half years later, um, stationed in Ottawa, um, wanted another guy for their football broadcast. So they offered me a job. I moved to Ottawa, switched into sports full-time. I uh, did the Ottawa Rough Riders broadcast. First year, I did the sidelines. Second year, I was the color guy. Third year, I was the play-by-play -play guy. And then after doing football for at various incarnations for nine or 10 years or whatever it is, station I worked for, um, got the hockey broadcast rights and asked if I wanted to stay in football or did I want to do the hockey? And we had to apply, but they basically said, you know, if you want to. So I said, yeah, I'd love to do the hockey thing. So I had not done one hockey broadcast at any level, midget, junior, anything, when I did my first NHL game, my first hockey broadcast was an NHL broadcast. Wow! And then after I, after I was doing that for a couple of years, when I was still doing football, I was doing some stuff for the Canadian football network, uh, just doing the interviews in Ottawa and sending the tape in. And the guy who ran that was John Shannon. So after a couple of years, John gave me a call one day and said, Dean, why is it? He was, he, at that time, he became the executive producer of hockey night in Canada. And he called me one day and he said, Dino, why is it that you don't work for me? And I said, well, John, you've never offered me a job. He said, well, would you like to work for me? And I said, well, is it full time? He said, no, just for like, you know, fill in games here and there. And I said, well, I'll have to ask the guys at the radio station. And they said, yeah, sure. We'd love one of our guys on Hockey Night Canada. We'll let you out of radio to go do that. So then I worked, still worked radio and did 15 years of Hockey Night in Canada, as well as I also did uh, at times, uh, I did for 12 years, no more, 17 years, 17 years. I did some radio, some regional TV, doing the Senators uh, broadcast package on TV, and Hockey Night in Canada. So that was kind of, and like I said, I've, I'm the luckiest guy I know. Just I just I've, I've never I've never applied for a job. So that's kind of the Dean Brown sportscasting tale of the tape. You know, but you didn't the Canadian Football League as a player. No, no, you know I really <laughs> to this day. Yes, it does. You know, because I I really I really enjoyed. Like I loved hockey when I played, but I missed two important years. I was out for two years with injuries. First year I broke my foot, like my whole foot and uh, all the toes. The second, when I came back, I was a goalie. The second year uh, in a preseason game, remember Steve Patrick, James Patrick's older brother? Yep. Shot from the point was a knuckleball, ducked under my glove, broke my hand. There's pins in it now. So I missed the whole season. So when you miss um, um, 14 and 15, you're, you're basically done. So I was frustrated. I was angry. And so when I came back, I said, I'm not playing goal anymore. So I played in the Interlake Juvenile League, which 
as you're well aware, Scott, is a little rough. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I enjoyed that because I had a lot of aggression to get out and I was playing as a defenseman, which of course I couldn't skate worth a damn because I had spent my entire life in goalie skates. But it was great because um, you could get your aggressions out. And I, I think in the, my last year, I was not ejected for one, one game. I think, I think there was one game where I didn't get ejected. So that was good for me therapeutically. Um, and I enjoyed that. I had, I had, <laughs> I have to say, I don't brag about this, but I, I did have a good time. I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, exactly. um, <laughs> but, but then, you know, that's when I started playing football and I was playing a bit in high school and my high school coach said, you know, you might want to try playing in the city league. Cause uh, you know, and I said, well, okay. So he, so I started, I went in and tried out for the uh, St. James Cobras midget football, made the team, had a good time. And then I played uh, junior football for the Winnipeg rods, Norm Rawhouse, a former Winnipeg blue bomber was my coach. And I got a chance actually because of his connections, not because I was fantastic. I got a chance to uh, go to a bomber pre-camp, but not as a, not as a guy who was trying, trying out. I was the guy who was catching balls because they just needed some guys who were available in the afternoon who didn't have jobs, me, uh, to go and catch balls for Dieter Brock because Dieter came in early and he needed guys to throw to. So they got some junior guys and there was some, Pulaski was there, the guys who lived in Winnipeg, they were there. And my most embarrassing athletic moment in my life happened during that because as a junior football player, the league was very good back then. There was as many players coming out of junior football to pro as there were university players coming out. Yeah, the league was very good. But I had never, ever had the chance to be on the field catching balls from a guy who could throw like Dieter Brock. So the first time I ran a flat pass, I come out, I barrel out, I turn back for the ball. It's coming, beautiful, boom. Right through my hands, hit me in the chest and knocked the wind out of me. He threw it so hard, it knocked my wind out. So I'm on the ground wheezing wheezing because the ball hit me not exactly a proud moment as an athlete when yeah. you're supposed to catch the ball but in fact it has knocked <laughs> the wind out of you so that's kind of when you know you know maybe i'm not going to make it maybe this is not going to happen yeah and that's the voice of uh, you know everybody wants to be something else in their lives no matter what they've achieved and you want to be a football player you want to be a hockey player well in this case we're playing radio that's dean brown he's that's the voice believe it or not of the ottawa senators of the national hockey league talking football and all the the way he got there, and, and it was my friend Scott Taylor, you are indeed listening to the game on hockey on the Mighty 790 KFJ on 104.7 FM. You know, just to, to highlight the way you got where you got, I anticipate today the odds of that happening are very, very minute. Would that be a good statement? Yeah, it's it's impossible. It's yeah. just, it's not possible. Yeah, yeah. well, Peter, you know, I, yeah, Peter Mansbridge, same thing. You know, the CBC's National News, he worked at, in Churchill, Manitoba, announcing either trains or airplanes and someone heard him and they end up working his way to being the CBC national news anchor. So uh, those yeah. things do well, happen. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm at that age now where kids in journalism school contact me to write an essay because they have to find some old guy who's just hanging on by his fingernails and talk about his life. So I get a lot of those calls now. <clears throat> and I tell them all the time, I said, you know, my son's 23. And so um, he's not into broadcasting, but we're talking about getting jobs. And he, you know, he early on, he says, so dad, you know, how, how did you go? And I tell him, I go, well, dad, that's not going to help me in any way. I said, I, I know. I said, you know, you can't get, first of all, you can't get into our business now unless you have a broadcasting or journalism degree, simply because no one needs to hire someone who doesn't have that. Right. But the hard thing is that in our business still, the thing that keeps people around is relationships and the it factor. Either you have it or you don't. And that's one of the things that is still a reality in this business and very hard to find. And, but the guys who hang on for a long time, usually because they have lots of relationships 
and because they have whatever the it is. Yeah, or, I, or you're on the air at WKRP in Cincinnati. Uh, <laughs> well, Dean, MC, you know, we still talk about yeah, 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 here we are. <laughs> here we are. Still, yeah, that, I'm doing radio in Fargo, North Dakota. Scott's up there doing it on Zoom in Winnipeg. Uh, we have faces for radio. There's no doubt about that. Dean, thanks so much. Uh, I, well, one quick thing before I let you go. Yep. Okay. Uh, the, the defensive core of the Ottawa Senators. Uh, very. Def- they're not very. A, not a very physical group. Is that correct? Would that be fair? Uh, they they have a couple of guys, but <clears throat> I know where you're going with this. Yep. And they tried to get Tyler Clevin to leave school last year. Yeah, he did. And he decided to stay an extra year. But that was not that was not just placating him and saying no. We they they really made a hard charge to get him to come out. Uh, to the to the point where to tell you, I know we're running short on time. Just okay. tell you a little. We got five big, minutes. He's a big fisherman. He's a big fisherman, and I know guys who are professional fishing guides around here. <clears throat> and one of the plans was, I was asked. You know, if we get him up here, somebody to show him around, could you line up some fishing stuff? I said, absolutely. We'll get him on a boat. He's going to catch a ton of fish, and he's going to love that. And that'll still happen at some point. But, yeah, they uh, they want and need and expect to have Tyler Clevin yeah. in their fold fairly soon. Obviously, at the end of this year, they're hoping. Yeah, you know, he had a bit of an injury last week. He's back in the lineup this week. But uh, I, I can say this. Uh, I would call him a big hitter. He, he can play the physical game, and that's one thing UND is lacking this year. For those out there uh, frustrated with UND's record, there's not a ton of grit. And when he's out of the lineup, the grit kind of goes away. So he's the big hitting guy back there. And and to be honest with you, the, the college game is something that he's potentially outgrown because when he hits guys, he's so big, he gets penalties because he's end up hitting guys yeah. in the head. And, and those rules in the college world are a little more strict than the National Hockey League rules. I think the game will fit him very well. Yeah, well, they can't wait to get him up here and uh... – you know, he's one of those guys that's probably going to need some time in the AHL first, and there's yeah. there is no shame in that. There's not a whole lot of Sandersons who just start and walk into yeah. a playing role in the NHL, yeah. uh, but he's definitely the kind of player that they need on this team. And to be frank with you, every team needs yeah. on their team because as much as this game has changed, there are a couple of things that have not, and big and angry are good for the game. Darn as right. I've always said, <laughs> a little hate in hockey is a good thing. Darn right it is. Hey, we do appreciate Dean, you being on board. Scott, uh, your final word with Dean, but uh, always appreciate uh, when someone, a real pro comes on a, a show that an amateur is putting on. I, we really appreciate it. Uh, anytime well, guys, anytime you want to talk. One quick, quick last word. How good is Tim Stutzel? Uh, Tim Stutzel one day is going to be a fantastic player. His puck skills, uh, I'll tell you what, Scotty, they are off the charts. But right now, he is still learning this game. You know, his giveaway ratio is still too high. And there's just times where he can sense or feel or anticipate when pressure is coming. But just his natural hand-eye coordination, his natural skills are, you see him in practice, Scotty, he does some amazing things. But, like, again, he's he's still, what is he, 21, you know? Um, he he just he just a couple of months ago earned the right to drink in the United States, you know. So, um, he yep. but he is going to be a fantastic player. He, last night he got two points and he had a bad game. You know, yeah. like he, he's one of those guys that even when he doesn't play well, the puck finds him. So uh, he is going to be one day going to be a very very special. Well, player. the future is very bright in Ottawa, and we sure appreciate the bright star of uh, of, of Dean Brown, the play by play announcer, joining us. Thank you on this beautiful day with the Bobby Orr skate in the background. I didn't explain that a picture of the skate with number four. The greatest ever, Bob Yor. Thank you very much, Dean. Really appreciate you joining us and, today. Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. You bet. Christino, appreciate it. The segment was brought to you by the Golf Center in Grand Forks. 
Well, been in the golf business for over 35 years and recently received the 2021 Golf Digest prestigious Top 100 Fitters in America Award. They will custom fit all clubs, including PXG, Titleist, Ping, and TaylorMade. This is the best time of year to get those club fittings done. Your swing's still in a good spot. Hey, we were playing golf seven or eight days ago. Uh, now it's snow on the ground, but hey, your swing's in a good spot for that fitting. Get ready for next season. The clubs will be there to start right out of the gate. Uh, they also have great sales on all of their stuff in, in uh, ping drivers, Titleist drivers. The new stuff's coming in. Old stuff is, is less expensive. Great opportunity to do so. Brian and the guys will take care of you. 3001 South Columbia Road, Grand Forks, or 701-775-0019. 30 seconds, Scott, to wrap things up. How do you feel? can't get out of here fast enough i have a very very bad cold it's been a tough night but we got through it thanks to dean brown who was tremendous gordy thomason was tremendous yes. travis Dunn saved the day and <laughs> i'm going to go get tea and cough syrup and go to bed early darn right sleep well get better soon my good friend we will talk to you next week that's scott taylor saying bidding adieu from the big city of winnipeg uh probably a little cooler up there but hey that's the trend from this neck of the woods as well well great show Scott played hurt. Dean Brown delivered. Gordy Tumbleson, always interesting to talk to Gordy about the Pilot Mountain Hockey Academy. Uh, make sure to stay tuned for some football. Make sure to stay tuned for Miami at UND Hockey tomorrow night with uh, with Tim Hennessy and Travis Dunn on the color analyst. I had to do a pitch there. Uh, for my good friend, Polly Alliance, who runs the show back there. Learned a few new things today with a new computer system. Sound system's all ready to go. So Scott Taylor, go drink some hot tea, some honey, get some cough drops in you and go to sleep and have a great night's sleep. Wake up much better tomorrow. So with that, we will bid you adieu from the studios of KFGO, the Nillis Law Firm Studios for Game on Hockey. Join us again next Thursday. Well, pardon me, next Friday, where my guest will be, because it's Thanksgiving, it'll be, it'll be on, it'll be, uh, yeah. Uh, who's who's the guest going to be, Scott? I told you who it was going to be. Yeah, Jay Caulfield. Jay Caulfield. Jay Caulfield will be joining us next Friday. Lots to think about, but make sure to tune in on Saturday morning as well. Uh, 104 on on the for around the rank for again Scott Travis Dean you've been listening to game on hockey on the mighty 790 KFJ on 104.7 FM.